exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowlers Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, if you've been following our shows lately, you'll know that we have been paying tribute to some of the stars of the past. And when I started this program in 2002, we promised never to forget the greats of our sport. And I normally get another top player to help me do the research. And this week is no exception. You all know him as he has been here with us many times before. And he knows as much or more about this great sport than anyone I know. He's an all-time great player from Southern California, being two-time Southern California Bowler of the Year, and 10 years on the all-star team. So here he is again, my friend, Larry Gray. Hello, Larry, and thanks for being here again. Thank you, Phantom. Great to be back on the show again. Well, I'm glad to have you. It's a privilege and an honor, and I want to welcome you back. And who are you going to pay tribute to this week? This week, I'm going to talk about the great Mark Baker. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a name from not the too far distant past. His career was cut a little bit short, but I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about everything about him. But if you can remember, how did you first meet Mark? Before I get in, I, I have a good story about that, but uh, uh, it's kind of funny. When I, I talked to Mark a couple of weeks ago and I told him that I was going to do a tribute to him on uh, you know your phantom radio show and he says don't you have to be dead for that <laughs> so yeah yeah mark mark is not near as old as some of the the greats that we've been talking about but uh he still rates right up there yeah it's an honor for me to be able to do a little tribute about him i first met him i i have a we, we always talk phantom about how everybody has a connection and it's amazing how people are connected in one way or another, and that applies to Mark and I's connection. Uh, 
the the story goes back to nineteen sixty five when I first started bowling uh my first junior league at a slow place called Gardena Bowl. I was 11 years old, starting my first Saturday morning junior league, and there was a guy there that was the best bowler in the house. His name was Don Baker, and he averaged in the 180s, which at that time in that that house was really good. There was nobody in that house that averaged over 190. So this guy was, uh, a, I think he was a senior in high school in 1965, uh, by far the best bowler. He went to my high school where I eventually went later on. Got to know him. I always looked up to him. He, he was the best bowler. So now, fast forward 14 years later, 1979, Mark is bowling his first PCB tournament, just out of the juniors. I didn't know Mark at all. I had read about him in the bowling papers of he got junior bowler a year and he was shooting all these scores. So I had seen his name and everything, but I never got to watch him bowl. So we bowled this PCB down at Bud Horn's place here in Southern California. And Mark was on the other squad. I was on a squad. I finished up. I wound up leading the qualifying. So I, I got done. I went in the bar, had a few cocktails, come back out. And I saw Mark down there. I go, Oh, I want to go down and watch him. I said, I've read about him a lot, but I've never seen him bowl. So I go down there, I'm standing back there in the concourse, and I'm watching him, and he shoots 279. I think he left 110 pins somewhere in the middle of the game. But it was one of the best games I've ever seen. He dead flushed every single ball, 10 in the pit, every ball. And I was so impressed. So I went down there. Uh, when he got done with the game, you know, I shook his hand. I go, wow, that that's one of the best games I've ever seen. And he says, well, kind of like Cardina Ball, huh? I go, Cardina Ball? I go, how'd you know that's where I started? He goes, you used to bowl with my uncle. I said, your uncle? I said, who is your uncle? He goes, Don Baker. Wow. So, yeah, I, uh, 14 years before, I had bowled with uh, Mark's uncle. So that's how we first met. So, yeah, we, we had this connection right off the bat. And then uh, another funny thing, he told me, a couple years later, I, I won my first regional at, uh, here in Southern California at Fred Rasili's Champion Lanes, and it was out. That was Mark's home house when he was a kid. He bowled there growing up, and so we had this regional, and Mark told me he was my scorekeeper for the for the title match. He was only 14 years old. He went down there, he, you know, it was his home house, so he... He came down and he, he told me a couple of years after I met him, he goes, you know, I, I kept score for you when you won that reach. I go, what? He wow. goes, yeah, I was, a, I was a 14 year old kid keeping score. So yeah, we, we, we had a connection right from the start. <laughs> That's cool. You know, there's so many stories and you know, you, you know yourself that we're never going to get everything done in this show about the things that you know about him. But I just want to tell our fans one thing that the California back in the day, uh, was really a hotbed of bowling. In fact, they had three basic organizations. One that uh, Larry just uh, talked about a little bit was the PCB. That was the Southern California. It was pretty much a Southern uh, semi-pro organization, but a lot of good players pulled in that. And then there was a Central California one called the PCCB, and that was another one that was semi 
professional. Then you had the PBA regional. So there was a lot of action out here. There was a lot of great bowlers. But, you know, I, I know you got a lot of stories, but I got to talk about one more Southern California guy, Parge. And I've been doing this for the last few weeks. It's about Glenn Allison, who I know you know very well. And it's a special announcement I need to make. So get your pencils and paper ready. Here's your chance to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt, and you can enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. And this 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it, and it says, 900, I did it. So call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, another great player back in the day, to order it at 714-309-7587. And be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt so call Jerry at 714-309-7587. And be sure to mention that you got it from Phantom Radio, and they'll give you a nice little discount. All right, Glenn, uh, hope you're doing fine. I've enjoyed you being on the show a couple times. But let's get back here to uh, Larry Gray and talking about Mark Baker. You know, both of you guys, uh, being from Southern California, parts, I'm sure you guys met face-to-face many times in the past, and there have been so many greats from down there, but there's no question that you and Mark and Barry Asher have been some of the best. Uh, You got anything memorable about any of your duels that any of you guys had over the years? You know, it's uh, we uh, pretty much top rivals all through the 80s, especially the early 80s. And, you know, Mark, I, I got junior, uh, Southern Cal Bowl of the Year in 82. Mark got it in 83 and 85. We were always on the the all-star team. And uh, I think we pretty much, when we bowled each other, we, we brought out the best in each other. We always, you know, had, had a big rivalry. We, we liked beating each other. But it's amazing. Out of all the tournaments we won down here, uh, we never actually bowled for the title. You know, he'd won a tournament, I'd win a tournament, but we never actually bowled that, that last. I take that back. There was one time there was a doubles tournament in 1986 where my partner and I, we, we had a pretty good lead. And Mark, I remember Mark shot 279 that last game, and we just barely, barely hung on. That, But that's the only time we actually bowled, I think, uh, the last game for the title. But we were always uh, up near the top together at one time i'd win he finished third he'd win i finished fourth or something so yeah we had quite the rivalry and we always liked bowling against each other it was a friendly rivalry but we brought out the best in each other for sure i gotta tell you this part uh, i don't know if i ever told you this but you guys were already established bowling and i got the job as a tournament director for the pba western region and then we had a tournament scheduled for a town down in Oceanside. I heard all kind of stories about you and Mark uh, at this bowling center in Oceanside. So I couldn't wait to get down there and see you guys. Uh, do you remember the first time that I ever ran into you down there? I'm not sure exactly what year that was. Maybe 85, 84, 85. Well, the early 80s, I know that. But uh, there were scores on the wall. You know, you and Mark, unbelievable scores. And, and the proprietor, 
a good guy, a, a lane man from the South, well-respected, Roy Hornicky. He told me about you guys and the legendary scores that you guys put up down there. And, and I watched you guys bowl uh, two different times down there. And it was just remarkable. I mean, you guys not only owned the place, but people were afraid of you. I mean, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. So I, I have a story about Mark there. Uh, you know, that was the place that I love. Mark, Mark bowled good down there, but I won – a bunch of regionals and PCBs and everything. And Mark would bowl good there too. But this is one of the most amazing feats of bowling I've ever seen in 1985. We had a PCB down there and uh, Mark led the qualifying by about a hundred and something. But, uh, you know, I was, I was up there close. And so getting ready to go in the finals, I, I figured, you know, if I bowl good, I still had a chance to win. Mark had actually invited Dave Houston to come down, and he bowled, he bowled in the tournament, too. He was in the final, so th there was a lot of competition. Mark was bowling good, but, you know, we, we thought we had a chance to catch him in the final. So we come out the morning block in the finals, and uh, Mark shot like, I don't know, maybe 240, 210, 220, or something like the first three. You know, he wasn't lighting them up, and then we, we, we were staying close to him. And in the last five games, Phantom, this is what Mark shot. Okay, 300, 300, <laughs> 289 with the first 10. He only needed two more strikes to shoot 900. And the first 10 left a solid 10 pin for 289. Then he bowled, I remember he bowled me the next game, and he shot 279, and then finished the block off with 258. So he had 1168 for four, and then finished it off with 258. For fourteen twenty six, his last five games, <laughs> he won the tournament by like five hundred and seventy pins. Jim Murdoch finished second. I was third, and Houston was fourth. And uh, just the most uh, amazing clinic of an eight game block I've ever seen. And I remember at the end of that eight game block, Houston and I looked at each other and just were shaking our heads, going. Well, I guess we know who's going to win this tournament now. I mean, he just – I had never seen anybody for five straight games strike like that. So, yeah, he taught us a lesson that week, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, I remember, you know, I I left the tour in 77, and I went to run a bowling center up here in San Francisco, and then I went back out in late 83, and Mark had already been out there for a couple of years. And I saw this guy, he was an absolute animal. All I can say, the first memory I had with Mark Baker was this guy didn't look like a bowler. And I found out he was one heck of a basketball player too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was an athlete, man. He was unbelievable. He, he was a he was a great athlete, yeah, a super high school basketball player. Here's a, a few of his stats here before I forget it. Uh, he won four national titles. He was the high average. He got the high average award in 1985. Now, that that is really a super accomplishment. When you can go the whole year on all the different conditions and be high average out on the tour, I mean, M Mark made, I think, a couple dozen TV shows, you know, it's a shame that his career got cut short. His last year on the tour was 1990. He wasn't even 30 years old yet, and he had some major back problems, wound up having surgery. I guess he's in pretty good shape now, but it pretty much ended his career on tour because of his back trouble. 
So, you know, if he could have kept on bowling into his 30s, who knows how many things he could have accomplished out there. He was still great as it was, but uh, uh, people don't realize how how good he really was. You know, now the, the younger people, they know him from his coaching abilities. And, and you know, he's uh, one of the most well-renowned coaches in the country. And he has camps and uh, clinics, and he does – private lessons and uh you know they know him for his his coaching but i i was able to witness firsthand of how great a bowler he really was now to give him a little bit more credit you know we were talking about him in southern california so you know back in the 80s i could pretty much stay with him and you know we had a, a good rivalry and i felt like you know i could beat him on, on any day on the house shots in southern california but when it comes to the tour, now that's a different story. I had no chance against him out there. No chance. When the the lane started hooking, the hedge would break down and the night blocks. He was one of the best. That's where he was really dominating in some of the, the night blocks where his uh, good speed and high rev rate could just overpower. He could just overpower the lanes and where not that many guys could do that at that at that time. So yeah, he, you know, he, he was a dominating factor out on the, the PBA tour. Cause I, I personally, I always kind of needed a, you know, a hold area, which I had on most of the house shots, but when it came to the tour and, you know, you, you had to have the power game to be able to carry and, and create the area. That's where he was really dominating. So like I say, I mean, it's just a shame that his, his career was cut so short, and people don't realize what a great player for such a short amount of time he really was. Yeah, you know, and he's been able to enjoy, like you said, a, a second career of being a coach. And I remember before he even started being a coach, uh, we were in Vegas. I was helping out with the team masters. Uh, Gary Beck said, you know, Mark Baker's coming in today. And I said, oh, what's he going to do? He goes, well, he's gonna, he wants to start being a coach. He wants to line up his cameras and all that to see the best angles he can get. He would come in like at five or six in the morning and line up all of his cameras down the lane, behind the bowlers, here and there. And he took thousands and thousands of videos, analyzing them all with these kids and everything. And then I'll tell you what, he put that much work into being a coach and it's been continuing to improve over the years. And that's all I ever hear about is all of his camps and his schools and he brings in other players, and in fact, we, he brings in Barry Astor and all kind of guys, you know, from back east and whatnot to help coach yeah, because yeah. he fills up these camps every year, a couple times a year. Yeah, yeah. He, there's there's nobody that works harder at uh, the coaching profession than Mark, and, and that's why he's had so much success. I, I really give him credit for all the hard work that he's put in. Uh, just to give him a little plug here. Uh, you can go to markbakerbowling.com, and that's where he has all the information on his camps and, and coaching uh, appointments. You can make an appointment with him. He, he now is working out of uh, what they call Westpac uh, Training Center here in Orange, California. It's got two lanes. It's got all the latest technology. I mean, it's an, I haven't been there, but he's telling me what an amazing place it was. So, yeah, you know, he, he will schedule individual lessons with you. Uh, he even does, like, virtual lessons where a person can send in a video 
and he will critique it and uh, get back with you and and uh, tell you where you can make improvements. So yeah, go go to his uh, markbakerbowling.com for more information. Or if you want to get a hold of him directly and and schedule an appointment, I have his phone number. It's seven one four two eight seven two nine nine six. So yeah, he he he's really an amazing coach. He does. Uh, coaching at all levels that's what makes him so great it doesn't matter if you average 120 or 230 i mean he he knows how to uh uh give lessons to the level of the person that he's coaching so yeah he he's really made quite a career out of it yeah he's well respected in the entire game and uh you know i bet you've got a hundred stories i think we got time for one more you got a good one while we close the show yeah, I, I got one more story here. It, it's really kind of funny. It involves Walter Ray Williams. Now, back in the early 80s, Walter Ray was just starting. He was born in the regionals and the PCBs here in Southern California. And for, you know, in the early 80s, uh, Mark and I would could beat Walter Ray pretty regularly, okay? And then that's before Walter Ray all of a sudden improved a bunch and the rest is history, but and back in the early 80s, um, Walter Reed was good, but uh, I would say that, that Mark and I could, could beat him pretty regularly. So anyway, about seven years ago, I think it was 2015, they had a senior tournament out in Fountain Valley here in Southern California. So I went out there to watch, and, and Mark was there, and we were standing back on the concourse watching and everything, and Walter Ray was bowling, and he came up. And he started talking to us, and the three of us were chatting there a little bit on, on the concourse. And so Mark says, I want to get a picture of the three of us. So he had his phone there, and uh, he gave his phone to somebody. So Walter Ray was in the middle, and Mark was on one side, and I was on the other. So he took the picture, <laughs> and Mark, Mark posted it on Facebook. His caption was, if this was 1983... The guy in the middle would be the third best bowler in the picture. <laughs> but it's 2015, so Larry and I are getting his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that was true. Yeah. So, yeah, I got a kick out of that. Uh, you know what? That's what's awesome. Uh, the respect you guys have for each other, you know, instead of being jealous and, and throwing darts at each other and all that, it's just Bowling was so much better to me back in the old days when there was so much respect for the way you bowled and how you bowled and not what you used to bowl. But with, you know, the, the different orbs nowadays make a big difference. But, yeah, no question, Walter Ray became one of the greatest of all time. But uh, I'm glad you guys had a chance to spank him when he was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had no idea that he was going to – turn out to be you know one of the all the all-time great but uh yeah it, it was kind of fun beating as i look back on it now i go wow yeah there was a time when i could beat him i had no chance the last 30 years but anyway <laughs> there there was a time that that we could actually beat him and walter ray he he laughed at that too he he, he knew mark was right <laughs> <laughs> all right parts well the old clock and wall tells me we're out of time and I loved hearing from you. I loved your stories. And like I said, nothing like that respect that you guys had for each other. And I really appreciate appreciate that in our game. But uh, 
I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Next week, we'll have another exciting guest to talk to. And uh, all you fans, I, I got, I got one more, I got one more thing, Phantom, before before we sign off here. Uh, okay. I just want your, I just want your listeners to know that uh, last week, which would have been June 29th, would have been your 82nd birthday. So happy birthday, Phantom! Uh, I hope you have many more. And I just want to let everybody know that you you're now 82 and still going strong. So oh. I, I wish you all the best. <laughs> Well, thanks. You know, you, you talked earlier about things being ironic. Uh, you know, you, you bowled against uh, Mark's con- uncle and all that kind of stuff, and things go around in a circle. But the other week, uh, you know, I used to play a lot of sports in my day, and something came around that was really weird. I, I went bowling with my son, and uh, I bowled 82. <laughs> and, and then we went and played golf the next day. I could only make it for nine holes. And I shot 82 again, so there's something something to it. Yeah, there's definitely something to it, yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for reminding me, and uh, I'll have a piece of cake on you, Pars. I would like to thank our sponsors, uh, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller, and also Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan. Up there, they got 7,000 league bowlers, juniors, so... There's a good sign that things are coming on along uh, in times to come. But for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me And soon